Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct, you guys. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every Wednesday on the podcast and every Thursday on YouTube and you are not going to want to miss it. Now, today we have a wickedly heartbreaking case to cover, and after covering cases for so many years, not to say it ever gets easier or you ever get used to it, but there are certain cases that definitely hit you a little harder than others, and this to me is one of those cases. It's one that stops you in your tracks, and I am surprised that there was not more coverage on this case. When I was doing my research, I was surprised that more people hadn't been talking about it. Today we are talking about the brutal and horrific murder of Marlene Ochoa and her newborn son. Now Marlene was born on November 16th, 1999 to her parents Raquel and Arnulfo in Des Moines County, Iowa. And Marlene also had a brother named Oscar. Now there isn't too much information on Marlene's upbringing or her early life. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I always like to talk as as much about the victim as possible because I think that there is so much more to someone than the way that their life was tragically ended. However, unfortunately, there really isn't that much information out there about Marlene, but what we do know is that she's described by her friends and family as someone who is studious and intelligent and responsible. She was beautiful and extremely family-oriented. Marlene had married her husband, Giovanni Lopez, when the two of them were teenagers and and they had their son Joshua, who was three years old at the time of her death. And in 2019, Marlene and Giovanni were expecting their second child together. They were expecting to have a boy, and this boy had a due date of May 10th, 2019. Now, Marlene and Giovanni were living right outside of Chicago at the time that all of this happened, and Marlene was also attending school while Giovanni was going out to work and support their family. Family. And I am no mother, nor do I plan on being one in the near future, but I have nieces and nephews and friends who have children, and I think it is very fair to say, and if any of you out there are parents as well, I think everyone says this, that kids are very expensive. You have to have a lot of new things for them, clothes, toys, essentials, things like that. And Marlene had ended up stumbling across a Facebook group called Help a Mother Out, and it was basically where mothers of all different ranges, whether it was an expecting mother or someone who already had kids, would not only you know reach out and ask for advice on certain situations, but they also treated it almost like a Facebook marketplace in this little group that they had. But it wasn't a little group by any means. This group had 32,000 members in it, and people were constantly chatting in it, constantly writing posts in it, and were constantly just going back and forth with each other. And Marlene stumbled across this Facebook group and she thought that it was the best thing ever because she now found a spot where not only can she look for advice, but there were also women in this group who were willing to give away certain baby clothes or strollers or car 
car seats or things like that that she could really use and would have really helped her family out. And in March of 2019, Marlene posted in the chat saying that she was due with a baby boy in May and that she was in need of supplies for her baby because she was short on cash, times were tough, she was working as a student as well as being a mother to her three-year-old son and preparing for another one on the way. And she was just wondering if anyone could help her out. And that is exactly what this Facebook group was meant to do. Now, this is when a new woman comes into the picture. And this woman is named Clarissa Figuora. And she had commented and Clarissa was also a part of this Facebook group, the Help a Mother Out Facebook group. She was in there and she had seen Marlene's post about her being due in May and needing some supplies. And she decided to comment back and said that she had baby boy clothes that she would give to Marlene for free and that Marlene could just come over and pick them up and everything would be set. And obviously for Marlene, this is like hitting the jackpot. She's getting these clothes from this woman for free free. She doesn't have to pay her anything. And for all things considered, Marlene thought Clarissa was just a very nice woman. The two of them ended up having their own private chat in Facebook Messenger and were going back and forth. Clarissa was telling Marlene where she lived and her address and when to go pick up the clothes and all of that stuff. So Marlene thought that she was set. Now, not only did Clarissa say to Marlene that she had all of these baby items to offer her, Clarissa was also pregnant herself. She told Marlene that she too was due with a baby in May. So the two of them had a lot in common and they ended up agreeing to meet with each other for the first time on April 1st of 2019. The plan was for Marlene to go over to Clarissa's house, pick up the baby clothes and leave. However, little did Marlene know that Clarissa had something a lot more wicked planned. Now, along with being quote unquote expecting, as Clarissa said that she was, 46-year-old Clarissa also had four children. She had a 24-year-old daughter named Desiree. She also had a set of twin daughters and she had a son named Xander. However, unfortunately, in 2018, Xander ended up passing away at the age of 20 years old from what every source has said is natural causes. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I read that, it doesn't really make too much sense to me what natural causes a 20-year-old can die from. However, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really have the answer to that, but I just know that some of you are going to be curious about that as well. I do not know what natural causes a 20-year-old passes from. Now, it was after the death of Xander that Clarissa ended up joining this Facebook page. And in the months leading up to April and May of 2019, Clarissa was telling everyone that she was pregnant. She was posting ultrasound pictures on Facebook, pictures of nurseries saying that this is where her baby was going to be sleeping in her house. She said that she was going to name her baby Xander after her first son named Xander. And she told everyone that she was having a boy. Now, if you're like me and you're sitting there wondering, why would Clarissa, who's claiming to be having a boy, reach out to Marlene who's also having a boy, offering her baby boy 
items because it doesn't really make sense that since Clarissa is pregnant and expecting a son, why she would be giving away items that she could use for her son. It could have been because she just had a surplus of these items and was willing to give some away because she knew she wouldn't need them. Or it is because Clarissa was never pregnant. And surprise, surprise, that is exactly what was going on. Clarissa was never pregnant. She made up this elaborate plot of how she was pregnant and expecting a baby in May and was basically doing everything she could to convince everyone in her life that she was pregnant again. Now, Clarissa was well aware that in claiming that she was pregnant and to going to the lengths that she did and going to the extent that she did, she was going to have to do something because in nine months, once May 2019 hit, she was expected to have a baby. She's telling everyone she's pregnant, everyone she's having a baby. So she knew she needed to start thinking of a plan of how to make that happen. And who did Clarissa recruit to help make sure that this plan went through? That would be her 24-year-old daughter, Desiree. Before we move on any further, we're going to take a quick ad break. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So when April 1st, 2019 came, Marlene and Clarissa agreed for Marlene to go over to Clarissa's house. And Clarissa wasn't actually living in her own house. She was living in her mother's house and was said to have been living in the basement of this house. However, regardless, this was the house that she told Marlene to come to. Now, at this point, Clarissa had let in Desiree on what her plan was once Marlene arrived to the house. Clarissa told her daughter that when Marlene arrived to the house, Desiree needed to help her mom in not only killing Marlene, but to also cut Marlene's baby from out of her stomach so Clarissa can raise him as her own. Now, I feel like most people, when hearing something like this, if their mother was to say this to them to try and recruit them in murdering someone and cutting a baby out of someone's stomach, I feel like most people would be against that, I feel like most people would try and get their mother or whoever it is to rationalize, you know, maybe call the police, maybe do something. But Desiree was full ride or die for her mother and she was going to help her mom carry this out. However, there was also another person in the house on April 1st and that would be Clarissa's 40-year-old boyfriend, Peter Bobak. So you had Desiree at the house, you had Peter at the house, and you had Clarissa at the house. And Mar and then Marlene arrived to Clarissa's house in the early afternoon hours of April 1st. 
and she sat in Clarissa's living room and was talking to all of them. And it didn't take long for Peter to notice that Desiree and Clarissa were acting very strange. Now, it's not entirely clear how much Peter knew about their plan at this point. However, he clearly knew enough to know that one, Clarissa was not pregnant, two, Marlene was pregnant, and three, he was aware enough of the situation that once he noticed that Clarissa and Desiree were acting bizarre, he ended up going up to Desiree and pulling her aside and said that if her and Clarissa were to kill Marlene, Peter said he would call the police right then and there. Now, once Peter basically kind of ruined their entire plan, Clarissa and Desiree talked about it and they decided that they were going to let Marlene go. She still got some baby clothes and she knew nothing about what was going on at this point. And she thought everything was fine. She got her stuff. She went on her way. And when Marlene left, Clarissa and Desiree kind of laughed this whole plot that they had off to Peter, basically claiming that this was just an April fool's prank that they were playing on him. Now, at this point, even though Peter was completely confused and freaked out and concerned, he kind of just, you know, put everything to the side, didn't really think too much about it. However, Clarissa and Desiree were not done here. Now, this takes us to just a couple weeks later on April 23rd, 2019, and Clarissa had reached out again to Marlene, and this time she told Marlene that she had a stroller that Marlene could have. And obviously, when in need of baby items, Marlene was ecstatic when she heard this because one of the top things on her list was a stroller. So when Clarissa said that she could have her stroller for free, Marlene was thrilled. She told Clarissa that she would be over later on that day to pick it up, and on the 23rd of April, before heading over to Clarissa's, she left school at around 3 p.m. and texted her husband and told him that she was really tired that day, and she was also supposed to go pick her son up from daycare later that night. However, when later that day came and her family got a call saying that Marlene never came to pick up her son, they knew something was very wrong. Her family immediately called police to file a missing persons report, and obviously at this point, everyone was worried about Marlene because not only was she just a missing person, this was a missing pregnant woman whose due date was in a little over two weeks. Day by day, everyone's concern grew more and more and more. However, the concern grew at an all-time high once Marlene's due date of May 10th came and went, and still no one had heard from her. Now, what we know now that no one knew at the time is what actually happened to Marlene. Now, when Marlene went over to Clarissa's house on April 23rd, she expected it to be just as it was the first time. She went over there by herself and she sat in the living room of Clarissa's house. Now, while Desiree and Marlene were sitting on the couch, Desiree was showing Marlene pictures of her dead brother, Xander, when Clarissa came up behind her with a cable cord and wrapped it tightly around Marlene's neck. Now, at first, Marlene, and this is just the most, this is heartbreaking. At first, Marlene actually was able to take three of her fingers and put them 
them underneath the wire to try and stop it from suffocating her. However, when that happened, Clarissa looked at Desiree and actually yelled at Desiree and said that she wasn't doing her job. And that is when Desiree took Marlene's hand and one by one, unlatched her fingers from the cable. Now, after Desiree had no chance of fighting back, Clarissa then got on top of her and suffocated her with the cable for about four to five minutes to ensure that she was dead. Now, after Clarissa was certain that Marlene had died, she then took a butcher knife and cut open Marlene's stomach and extracted her baby from her. After that, Clarissa and Desiree had put Marlene's body into a garbage can that was in the backyard of their own home. Now, once that was done, Clarissa had called 911 and she told the operator that she herself, she, Clarissa, had just given birth to a baby about 10 minutes prior, but the baby was not breathing and she needed paramedics right away. Now, what's absolutely crazy here is that if this hadn't had happened the way that it did, meaning if Marlene's baby came out breathing, it's likely that this case would have never been solved. And you'll understand what I mean soon. So after Clarissa got off of the phone with 911, the fire department and ambulance arrived and took both Clarissa and the baby to the Advocate Christ Hospital. Now, when doctors saw Clarissa, they were actually very shocked because Clarissa did not look like someone who had just given birth at all. She had blood on her shirt and she had blood on her hands, but she had no blood on the lower half of her body. She just didn't look like someone who had just given birth. However, unfortunately, the baby who Marlene named Giovanni after his father, he had zero brain activity when he arrived to the hospital. Now, remember that at this point, Marlene's family still has no idea where Marlene is and they're still under the assumption and holding out hope that she is out there and alive somewhere. And the doctors have said that Giovanni's lack of brain activity was due to how he was extracted from Marlene and that if this had never happened, meaning that if Marlene was not murdered and the baby wasn't cut out of her, he more than likely would have been a perfectly healthy baby. Now, while Clarissa and the baby were at the hospital, Desiree ended up taking Marlene's car and moved it down the street and she made sure that the phone was also in her car as well. However, what Desiree didn't know is that there was actually a red light camera, so basically just surveillance cameras that were able to capture pictures of Desiree driving inside of Marlene's car. And along with that, Marlene's cell phone actually pinged from inside of the car. Now, right when they found this out, police wanted some answers. So they went over to Clarissa's house and Desiree was actually there. And she had told police that her mom was in the hospital Hospital. She had just given birth to a baby, so her mom wasn't there and they couldn't really answer any questions. And at the time, police didn't really have anything. They didn't have a warrant. They had nothing to go off of, so they couldn't really impose any further. Now, this is when a neighbor of Clarissa comes forward and she actually said that she saw Clarissa standing 
outside of her house with the baby right after the baby was born and right after Clarissa had made that 911 call. And according to this neighbor, she said that the baby was wrapped in a white sheet and Clarissa had blood on her hands and her t-shirt. However, like I said, she had no blood on her shorts, which the neighbor found to be very odd, as did the doctors. Now, when the neighbor asked what was going on, she said that Clarissa told her that she just had the baby, but the baby wasn't breathing. And Clarissa said she just had the baby standing up. Like once she stood up, the baby just came out and that's why she wasn't bleeding from the waist down. So the three weeks following April 23rd, Clarissa and Peter were both pretending that Marlene's baby was their own. So Peter was now in on all of this too. So even though he was so anti-murder just about two and a half weeks prior, now that there was a baby in the picture, both him and Clarissa were pretending that this baby was their own. They named him Axel and they were posting on Facebook in the hospital. They were posting pictures of him. They posted a GoFundMe page for hospital bills and they ended up receiving $9,000 to help with the medical bills. And Peter was honestly just as guilty in all of this as Clarissa. He was posting captions on Facebook like, quote unquote, my son is such a fighter and made it this far, but not much time is left. Life support, brain dead, very little function in the brain. Born 4-23-19 at 6-39 p.m. Now, police had actually learned about Marlene and Clarissa's Facebook messaging activity due to a private investigator that Marlene's family had hired, and we will get to that in a moment. However, once police learned about that, along with the fact that Desiree was driving the car, they decided that they needed to talk to Clarissa. And these messages, by the way, showed loud clear that Clarissa and Marlene were planning on meeting the day that she went missing. However, despite all of that, when police went to talk to Clarissa, she was adamant on the fact that while her and Marlene had met once before and while they did continue messaging, she did not see Marlene on the 23rd of April. So now everything in police's mind is starting to add up a little bit in the sense that they're realizing that something is very wrong here with Clarissa. Not only do they have the Facebook messages that showed that Marlene was supposed to go over to Clarissa's house during the day and time frame that she went missing. They also have these weird stories from neighbors. They have Desiree driving the car. So with all of this, they decided to subpoena hospital records and collect DNA samples from the baby. Now, when they did this, they took DNA samples from, like I said, Marlene's son. However, they also took DNA samples from Clarissa and Giovanni, which was Marlene's husband. Now, what this would show was that if Clarissa really was the mother of the baby, the DNA would show that. However, if she wasn't, the DNA would also show that as well, because obviously it would come back as not a match. And what we know now that police found out then is that when the results came back, it showed that Clarissa was not the mother of this baby. However, it also showed that Giovanni, Marlene's husband, 
was the biological father. Now, once realizing this and once getting these results back, police arrived to Clarissa's house, which was on May 7th of 2019. They arrived with a warrant to search their house, and when they arrived to the house, they found Peter outside in the backyard deep cleaning a rug with bleach while Clarissa and Desiree were sitting outside with him as well. Now, once police told them that they had a warrant and they started searching the house, it did not take long for them to discover Marlene's body, which was still, still. Now, two and a half weeks later, her body was still in that garbage can in the backyard of their home. Now, along with Marlene's body, police also found bleach and cleaning supplies inside of the home, as well as evidence of burned clothing and blood on the floors of the living room, bathroom, and hallway. Inside of the garbage where Marlene's body was found was also the cable cord that was used to strangle her, and after an autopsy was performed, it was confirmed that Marlene died of strangulation. Now, Marlene's family has been very vocal on the fact that they don't think that police necessarily did everything they could to find Marlene in a timely manner, and they also say that they don't really think that they took Marlene's case seriously. Marlene's husband, Giovanni, tried to file a missing persons report the day that Marlene went missing. However, he was told that he couldn't file the report and to come back in 72 hours if Marlene still didn't show up to file it again. And this is when her family decided to hire, like I said earlier, a private investigator. And this private investigator collected all of the information about the Facebook messages, as I said earlier. So he was the one that actually found that and gave it to the police. However, Marlene's family's major complaint was there just seemed to be a very big lack of urgency. Now, detectives have come out and said that the reason it took them several weeks was because when they look at a missing persons case, they look at the most common places and people that that specific person would be around and go to. And where Clarissa lived was was in the most random spot, and it was somewhere that Marlene had never been before, which is why they didn't think to look there. Even though this was premeditated on Clarissa's part, and Clarissa and Desiree, and Peter, for all things considered, these people were all strangers, and stranger abductions, stranger murders, and murder of opportunity doesn't really happen very often. However, there was a clear motive here. The motive is crystal clear. The motive here is that Clarissa wanted to raise this child as her own, but it wasn't just because it was Marlene. She would have done this to anyone who was having a baby in May. So police said that because of that, because this was very much a stranger to Marlene, they didn't think to look there. Now, what's also awful is that the hospital that Marlene's baby was at actually ended up billing them for $300,000 dollars in medical bills for the hospital treatment that Marlene's baby required. And when they figured out, because this was very much publicized, the fact that they billed Marlene's family $300,000, they immediately retracted it and said that they were very regretful and blah, blah, blah. But that did happen. They did bill them 300000 for this. Now, once police figured out that this was Marlene's baby, they were able to notify Giovanni and the rest of Marlene's family. So luckily, Giovanni and the rest of the family were able to see him and meet him and hold him. However, like I said, he did have no brain activity and he was in a coma. So unfortunately, he did end up passing away in June of 2019. 
Now, Clarissa, Desiree, and Peter were all arrested, and while Desiree and Clarissa were charged with both murders in the first degree, Peter was charged as an accessory to murder and concealing a murder, and all three of them have pled not guilty. However, because of COVID, they still have not gone to trial for this and have not been sentenced. They all are in jail right now. However, they're still awaiting trial. Now, I do want to say that even though Marlene's family has been absolutely gutted over this whole tragedy. They are doing their best to make the best of the situation and to help others in need. Her friends and family have gone out on multiple occasions and passed out clothes and baby supplies and food to mothers in need. And there is also a mural in Marlene's honor that's painted located on 16th Street and Newberry Avenue in the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago. It is an absolutely beautiful mural, and I think it really just represents Marlene and her baby really beautifully. And with that all being said, you guys, that is the case of Marlene Ochoa. I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about this. Like I said, this one was incredibly, like like I said, this one was definitely one that stopped me in my tracks when I read it and when I researched it and when I was doing all of this, I still can't believe it because 2019 was not that long ago. It was only three years ago, almost. This, this is not even three years old. So it's a crazy case. I can't wait to hear your opinion on it. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here on the podcast every Wednesday and then again every Thursday on YouTube. You're not going to want to miss it. I will be back next week with a brand new case for you guys. And until then, stay safe. Bye guys.